Okay, everybody, welcome back once again to Tech Gumbo. I'm Haggai Davis II, along with Haggai Davis III, and we'd like to welcome you to Tech Gumbo. Here on our show, we like to talk about the past, present, and future of all things technology in a topical, interesting, and digestible way. Without geek speak or a bunch of acronyms, we just want to talk about technology that's important to us and important to you. We also want to thank Cardinal Capital. To business owners and CEOs, hopefully you have a good relationship with your lender. Even if you do, sometimes you face other challenges, such as a need to consolidate debt, a want to level out your cash flow, or a desire to buy new equipment because you're in growth mode. If this describes you, give Cardinal Capital a call, whatever your need or challenge. They have over 4,000 lenders where they source commercial capital for business clients. Chris, Gary, and Rob at Cardinal Capital have a passion for business, and they want you to succeed. When you meet with Cardinal Capital, they get to know you and your business, so they can present your needs to lending institution that will best fit your unique situation. In short, they go after money for your business. They translate your business into what's important for lenders, and they are good at it. Depending upon what the deal is, no matter how complicated or straightforward, they will help maximize your profitability while setting your business up for success. They find the best solution for your situation, all while being fun and easy to deal with. For more detailed information, visit their website at cardinalcap.net. You can also call them 225-308-3700 or email them info at cardinalcap.net. Okay, Mr. Davis, let's jump into some tech gumbo today and kick off the news and updates. Sounds great. Start off with Montana. They were the state that put a, a complete ban on TikTok and turns out a U.S. District Judge has said, you've overstepped your bounds. This does not surprise anyone, especially not us here on the show, that a lot of government entities have put bans on the use of TikTok on their phones that are specifically for governmental use, which is seems fine. It passes the legal smell test. But Montana is the only state which had just put a blanket ban that no one could use TikTok in the entire state. And this was just never going to hold up for a variety of reasons that, that the judge specifically calls them out. That's, you know, one, it's just a clear First Amendment violation. U.S. District Judge Donald Malloy said the ban, which was scheduled to take effect in January, oversteps the state's power and was clearly an attempt to target China's ostensible role in TikTok more than an, an effort to protect Montana's consumers. And I think that's the point here is that if you were going to make the argument that TikTok is bad for children, that is an argument that can be made. However, we have overwhelming evidence that Facebook is also bad for children, that Instagram is also bad for children. And we even have evidence that Facebook and Instagram know that their products and services are bad for children. And yet no one's trying to ban those products entirely from their states. And so that really kind of gives the game away here. It really does. The, the state had argued that the ban would not block the First Amendment, but Malloy said their, their analogy was just flawed and not persuasive. TikTok's credit said, hey, you could still use other platforms. But the judge rejected that, saying that the ban would deprive users of communicating by their preferred means of speech and arguing that 
any regulation of speech should use a more limited and well-defined constitutional scalpel. I think that's a great argument. We in America love our freedoms here. And that's one of the things which TikTok did really well is they brought in a lot of small business owners who made their living through TikTok. That they use TikTok to advertise their business or advertise their products. You know, they had they produced something and they made a video about it and they said, hey, you know, follow my TikTok account. Here's where I show what I've made this week. Here's where I show what I'm working on. And that people had really used this to help their small business. And it, it was unique to TikTok as a platform. And so it's really hard to argue that we should deprive those people, those business owners, of their right to use this platform. It just really is interesting that this state, Montana, which is one of the least populated states in the entire country, for this ban to have actually worked, because both Apple and Google said, hey, this is going to be really difficult to, to try and enforce, because if somebody downloaded the app in Wyoming and went back across the imaginary line called the state border, they're App's still going to work. And unless the ISPs and, and the cell phone companies all got together and agreed to ban TikTok in that state, it, it was just going to be very, very difficult from a technology standpoint to actually pull this off. One, difficult. And two, if they were to pull it off, would require a large amount of surveillance. That's they would have to be monitoring your location at all times much more closely and collecting and storing that data. And no one wants that. So whenever we call for bans, we have to keep in mind that because of the nature of the internet, it requires a lot more collection of personal and private data. And the UK is taking the opposite position, and I really don't like where they're going. The UK is trying they've they've drafted a guideline that would require facial scans or photos ids for people who want to watch porn online so you know in louisiana louisiana has actually passed age verification laws around viewing online pornography and the how well they're going is very tough to uh, assess but a lot of online publications have noticed that the use of VPNs has increased in both Louisiana and Utah since the bill was passed. So that's one place to look that already may, may not be working. But one thing which the UK has approved is the use of facial age estimation, which means that every time you would want to log on, it would scan the user's face and algorithmically estimate their age. That is, is terrifying. Yes, let's go ahead and start scanning everyone's face, store all that data, and then we're going to look at it and say, yep, this person looks like they're over 18. Okay, we'll let them go. Oh, well, this person looks like they're 17. Actually, they're 33. They're just a really young-looking 33. I, I, or, oh, this, this person is, is 15, but they look 18. Are you really going to tell me you can pick out the 17-year-old from the 19-year-old? Uh, I I think this is such a bad idea. And it it really goes to show that whenever you call for bans on things, you have to be really careful. They require a lot of effort. It's hard to ban things from the internet. The, the internet is fantastic at just 
disseminating information. And so if you want to ban something, you are going to give up privacy. You are going to give up freedoms. And a lot of times that's not a compromise that I want to make. And when you consider, like you brought up the, the use of VPNs, I mean, there's five or six states now that have passed these laws and saying you've got to sign in and prove your idea if you're going to go to these porn sites. Well, if all you got to do is for $4 a month, get a VPN, that just defeats everything. It does. It really is that simple. And especially because you can defend the use of a VPN to do a lot of other things. If you just don't want to be monitored on the internet at all, you can use a VPN. It doesn't, it's not one of those things which is inherently incriminating in and of itself. It is entirely defensible to say, I just don't want Google tracking me. I just don't want Facebook tracking me. I just don't want the government tracking me. I'm going to use a VPN. Okay. Those are, you're well within your rights. That is a completely reasonable and sane and defendable position. And so that's kind of what we're dealing with here is that if you want to truly ban something, you would have to do really aggressive and draconian monitoring that really starts to ask, is this worth it? We were chatting before we started recording after Brexit when when England left the, the EU, had they been in the EU, this wouldn't be an issue. They they would they would not have to worry about these kinds of things because you would you're in control of your own rights. Yeah, it's it's tough to say what would happen with the conflicts between the British law and the EU law. That's gets into a whole question, which I don't even know how that process works, but you know, if you are a, a British citizen, you say, you know, look, I, I do have concerns about my privacy, about my data. That's tough. <laughs> I, I don't know what you do there. And, and I, I wish for them the ability to lower the temperature on that because I, I just I agree. Like there should be reasonable safeguards in place. There should be reasonable protections in place. We should be doing things in order to make sure that people are, are protected online. But reasonable is very much the key word there. And I think that the, the type of measures that are required to enforce these things fall well beyond those bounds. Moving on to another state, the state of Kansas, which their state court system's been hit, uh, hit real bad with ransomware. It's gotten so bad that lawyers are having to fax everything. They can't file any anything online anymore because the system is just shut down and people are having to go out and buy a fax machine all over again. That's so embarrassing. That it's it's already been down for weeks and it's expected to take several more weeks to come back up. That the entire Kansas Legal Services is ground to a halt. That's they have to wait until they get stamped copies back to know if a judge has signed something or not. That used to be virtually an instant process, you know, six weeks ago. And now it's back to what it was 16 years ago. Yeah, this is going back to the day when law firms had runners to take a piece of paper across town to file it at the courthouse or, or run from your your office to the other law firm's office to get papers signed and everything. Because we're in the year 2023, almost 2024, everything's done online and instant. Now, when you shut the system down because of ransomware, 
now you're back to a, to the days of the analog law system. And it's this has real complications because if you are someone who is a criminal defendant and you are awaiting your speedy trial, well, all of a sudden that's just been delayed for a very large amount of time because we have underfunded our systems once again. And not done a good job of cyber protection. Yeah. Speaking of cyber protection, a ransomware group has filed a complaint with the Security Exchange Commission because their ransom victim failed to disclose the data breach. This is brutal. This is so, it's funny, but it's brutal that the company Meridian Link, a California-based digital lending solutions company, they were hacked. And whenever they failed to comply, the people who hacked them just told the SEC. Because you're required to let the SEC, the FBI, everybody know, hey, we've been hacked. When they did not notify the the federal government that they'd been hacked, they were trying to keep it under the covers. Well, these hackers just said, we'll show you. We're going to get our money one way or another. We're going to embarrass you or you're going to pay us. And they went for the embarrassment route. That's just a whole nother level of leverage that these companies have, these these hackers have over companies. And that's part of why the SEC puts in these mandatory disclosure laws is that if everyone has to disclose almost immediately, well, then you pull the power out from these hacker groups because they can no longer say, oh, we'll go tell someone. If you don't, if you just are legally mandated to disclose ahead of time, you cut off this form of blackmail, of of ransom. And this is why we do these things, is that otherwise you just further empower the bad guys. Just get out in front of it. To try and hide it, it's going to get out. You're a big, huge organization that deals with a lot of people's money. And if you think that you've been breached and that's not going to get out, you're really fooling yourself. So we've talked a lot about these streaming platforms and what they were going to do. Well, now it looks like they're getting into the bundling game. Ultimately, you had to see that it was, had to be coming back here at some point in time. Verizon recently announced that for only for their subscribers, that they are offering a $10 a month deal that included Netflix and Max, formerly HBO Max, bundled together that's a actually a pretty good deal yeah that's 40 percent below what you would have to pay if you just sign up for those subscription services on your own and not to be outdone then apple and paramount are talking about getting together to share their platforms together and with a a bundled deal at a very good discount disney and hulu and all these other companies they're all realizing gee it just really is better doing this together as opposed to going alone because whenever you bundle what that does is it disincentivizes me from turning off the subscription after a couple months is that if i just have the netflix account and i say you know what i've spent the past couple months on netflix i'm just kind of done with it for a while you know i'll turn the lights off and then go turn on my hbo max account well if they're bundled together all right fine i'll sit there and go back and forth on them and so especially you pull the price down on a little bit, that's we're just recreating cable bundling. We're, we're just once again, this is just a, a recreation of cable. 
But the interesting thing about this, because we've certainly talked enough about these these streaming platforms and how they're losing money. Now that just means they're going to lose that much more money. And that's the fascinating thing is that I don't understand the economics of all of this is that cable subscription was very profitable. The cable companies made a lot of money. Those distribution companies made a lot of money. How is it that whenever you cut out Comcast as the, the middleman, or whenever you cut out Cox as the middleman, how is there not more profit just sitting with your content companies? That's what I don't understand yet. And so it'll be really curious to see, are they able to make upstream changes which allow them to become viable? Or is there just something inherently broken about the streaming business model? And then how are these libraries going to be combined? Or is it just that, okay, I'm logging into my Apple and now I'm going to log out. Now I'm going to log into my my Netflix or whichever other companies are going to bundle. Is it just a pricing bundle where Verizon is going to pay for all of the additional services? I have this, this whole bundle package thing, it just doesn't make a lot of sense to me because these these companies they've said in the past they need to be between twenty five and thirty dollars a month to break even per person. Yeah, I agree. That's you know, for so long we've been in this era wherever they've said, okay, we will grow at any cost. We will grow. We will grow. We will grow. And then it is the problem of some future person to figure out how to monetize. Once we get our user base up high enough, we'll figure out the monetization later. Well, we're nearly saturated, if not completely saturated. And so then what? You know, this this strategy does seem like a good way to increase your saturation, but by decreasing your price point. And so what is the long-term plan here? One, do they even know? Or is this just back to the grow and grow and we'll figure it out later mindset? Live off the stock price. The last story we wanted to get to... Gay furry hackers have reached the nuclear lab in Idaho, and they demand that that lab create cat girls. This is a strange story on several different levels. So there is a self-described hacker group called Sieged Security or Sieged Sec, and they hacked the nuclear labs. They were able to uh, pull out People's full names, birthdays, emails, home addresses, phone numbers, social security number, employment information, and lots, lots more. So this is a fairly successful hacking attempt. And once they got in and they had all, all this information, they got funny. They just they just said, look, we're not we're not going to we'll make you a deal. We won't distribute all this information. We won't leak all this information if you, the Idaho National Laboratory, We'll start doing research to creating cat girls. Yeah, it's not worth trying to explain what a cat girl is. It's just one of those weird things on the internet. If you don't know what it is, don't worry about it. It's not worth your time. And whether or not they were being serious, we'll give them the benefit of the doubt and say they were joking. But some of those parts of the internet do get pretty weird. Again, not worth diving further into. But the Idaho National Lab is one of the largest nuclear labs in the U.S. And so probably has a lot of very important nuclear research going on, a lot of very smart scientists who are, you know, putting together some big and powerful projects. It's not great that they were able to hack us because 
if some goofballs were able to pull this off, what can the Chinese do? What can the Russians, what can the Iranians do whenever they are going to be much less, ha ha ha, isn't this cute afterwards? But it is funny, though. We want to thank General Informatics for sponsoring our show. General Informatics is an information technology firm with a mission to make our clients even more successful through the best use of technology. Based in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, General Informatics is a premier IT managed service provider delivering exceptional managed IT solutions to a diverse base of customers across the southeastern United States. From the beginning, we have maintained our commitment to meeting the growing needs of our clients through continuous innovation. With over 20 years of experience and a team of 180 plus employees, including technicians, engineers, program designers, GI has evolved to become the leading IT partner of business schools and government agencies. Our managed services teams can run your digital infrastructure or support your team on an on-demand basis, letting you focus on your business strengths. This has become a proven formula. So proven that 98% of our clients continue to do business with us year after year. Whether you need IT services, new technology, or have a question, visit us on the web at geninf.com. If you enjoyed our show today, we are here on Talk 107.3 FM every Saturday at 4 p.m. And the show reruns Sundays also at 4 p.m. If you missed any part of the show or you'd like to hear this or previous episodes, check out our podcast. Available on almost every podcast platform, including iTunes, Spotify, Podbean, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music Audible, and more. When you're there, be sure to subscribe so you get notified every time we post a new episode. If you like our show or you have any suggestions, let us know on our website at www.techgumbo.net. Thank you for listening to Tech Gumbo.